politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen vigilantly standing by to fight for our life, our liberty, our property, and our right to exist as human beings. It is nothing short of that that is at stake here today. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here today, August 10th, CR Podcast. And August 10th was the date when the Japanese surrendered the day after the Nagasaki uh, bomb was dropped. But today, with our fight against the Fourth Reich, it hasn't even begun because civilization has not even desired to fight it. But today, we are going to begin that fight, and we're going to sink our teeth into it like a shark and never let go of it. So to obviously end the suspense, for those of you who haven't heard yet, Steve Dace, my colleague, my dear friend, and I are out today with our new book. But it's not just a book. It's a rallying cry. It's a Nuremberg trial. It is a blueprint for fighting for medical freedom, for bodily autonomy against transhumanism and everything that faces us and everything that matters. The title of the book is Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial So It Never Happens Again. Every word of that title and subtitle is exactly what it means. We say what we mean, we mean what we say. What does a Nuremberg trial mean? What does Nuremberg mean now? What does the Fourth Reich mean? Okay, why is this important? Why is it needed now? What are we trying to accomplish? You know, because I really wasn't too excited about writing another book. I didn't think it was necessary. Uh, But Steve convinced me. What is this? Where are we today? So by the way, you can get it at trialsandexecution.com. Yes, literally, that is the website. It's a Blaze landing page. We created trialsandexecution.com. The first 12,000 words or so, which is the first chapter, our opening argument in the mock Nuremberg trial we create in this book is available for free if you sign up there um, because it will take a while to get the rest of the book because glue and paper and everything is so hard to come by today. Because the economy sucks. Oh, whoops, why is the economy messed up? Yes, that's right. Because of the COVID fascism that we all agreed to, and still to this day, no one wants to properly fight, but we are going to do that. So more in a moment, but first, as we give you a 2020 vision on politics, one of the ways that you evacuate yourself from the Fourth Reich is by creating parallel economies. Um, Get 2020 vision from Better Spectacles. It's America's only conservative eyewear company. They use authentic rodentstock eyewear, which is really the gold standard in the industry. Uh, Unlike the pseudoscience that uses us as lab rats and kills us, uh, they actually had proper experiments uh, using 7,000 points in the eye uh, to create their biometric intelligence glasses or BIG, which gives you a seamlessly natural experience works perfectly with your brain and gives you the sharpest vision at all distances. I certainly need it being severely nearsighted. And then the more I read and study and write, the worse it gets uh, over over my time. Uh, you know, they told me when I stopped growing, my eyesight would stop uh, deteriorating, but I stopped growing like in ninth grade and uh, somehow that didn't, didn't pan out for me. But anyway, if you want what I have and my family has now, go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment. You don't even have to leave your home. 
Uh, go big with biometrical intelligence glasses. They're offering introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodenstock frames. Go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Don't settle with your eyesight. So <clears throat> Steve comes to me a couple months ago, uh, maybe sometime in the late winter, I want to say. I can't even remember. All I know is I was mowing my lawn out on a Friday, and he's like, we have to write a book. And I debated him for about an hour. I, I was like, Steve, I'm not, I'm not into that. You know, I wrote one book in 2015, 2016, Stolen Sovereignty on the Judiciary, Illegal Migration. And my feeling it was I wasn't going to write another book until I felt I had the solution, you know, politically, like what we need to be doing. And I don't have it yet, although I think we have the building blocks for it. And, you know, my point is I give I put out a ton of content. Um, obviously, I write every day. We have the show every day. And I didn't want to take away from that because to me, we live in a fast paced world. And anything I have to say, I want to say it you know, right away. And um, I feel I could be more impactful that way. I don't want to spend the time doing that. I also, you know, felt I was already taking too much time away from family the last two and a half years, particularly fighting COVID fascism. But Steve convinced me that we need a standing record of what exactly happened to us, how nefarious it was, what the intentions were, who needs to be held accountable and a blueprint going forward for how to evacuate ourselves from this and how to hold people accountable for it. Precisely because the momentum was ebbing and people were moving away from it. And what he said is, hey, you know, let's not put together something that's just going to be another data science book, which there's certainly a number of terrific books that have come out, will come out, um, you know, because I do that every day. It's a book told in the eyes of about 20 different stories. It's mainly, we have an open ar- opening argument, which is, again, available free at trialsandexecution.com. Or you could just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and put in Rise of the Fourth Reich, put in my name, Steve Dace, and, and order it there, pre-order it. But the first chapter is available. Then we have about 20 chapters of witnesses, experts, victims who went through this. Whether it's the mask, whether it's the lack of treatment and a spouse dying in the hospital because of the Fourth Reich, whether it's you know someone who is an expert in, in these subjects and, and knew from day one that they were committing genocide with the shots, with the lockdowns, with the mask. Doctors who are prevented from treating patients and what they saw. And we have a Holocaust survivor describing what the Third Reich was, and the bridge to the Fourth Reich, and what it is, and our closing statement. And then unlike other books, we end off with a pretty detailed list of about 10 policy demands, state and federal, that we must fight for if we are ever to remain a free people. Certainly medically and bodily autonomy-wise, but it will also speak to this use of emergency powers, the bypassing of due process, and everything we're facing today that everyone's talking about with Trump's uh, um, home being raided. I, I marvel at some, some of these people on our side just exclaiming, oh my gosh, we don't live in the same country this week. Could you believe this could happen? 
could you believe that? I mean, it's almost like at first we were scared people would be, you know, turned off. You're not allowed to invoke the Holocaust. And again, we don't use the word Holocaust. I'm going to explain in a minute what the Fourth Reich is. You have to understand what the Third Reich is. Auschwitz didn't start with Auschwitz, and that's one of the chapters in the book. It began with the the Third Reich in the 1930s, and you have to understand what that was. And if you understand what it was, and you understand truly the severity of where we are now, what they have plotted against us, their intentions, who was involved, how they got an entire society to go along with this and be so cruel to another human being when it was illegal, immoral, illogical, and inhumane, you will understand that our never again moment is now. Never again is now. And that window is closing. But it's funny watching these people as if the last two and a half years didn't exist. Those of you who are with me in March 2020, March and April, we were just sitting by with our mouths agape and open. Oh my gosh, how could this be happening? How could they make all these assumptions? Where is this coming from? Why do we suddenly have this virus? Why do we suddenly have this response? What happened to the Constitution? What happened to human rights? What happened to evidentiary standards? What happened to due process? How come state legislatures aren't meeting? They can instantaneously get into session. This is not the old days. How do we have all this executive authority? And nobody cared. It was bizarre. And to this day, we never had that moment where state legislatures and Congress would get together. We had a couple of legislative bodies a couple of times on some isolated components of this, but never enough on the full panoply of this to conduct a full Nuremberg trial. And yes, we do want Heads to be swinging from trees. We do mean it literally. Trialsandexecution.com We do mean it literally. But even if we can't achieve that, to at least have it somewhat figuratively in the form of congressional and state legislative hearings, these are the type of witnesses, experts, and victims you need to hear from so that you craft legislation so that this can never happen again. Even though it's still happening. It didn't even go away. And they're planning even worse. So that we get to the bottom of who created this virus? When did they create it? And what other things do they have down the pipeline of gain of function to foist upon us? Who created the vaccines? And what else do they have coming down the pipeline? And what is the scope of what they knew and when they knew? And we touch on this. But this is the blueprint for what policymakers need to do right now. It's not just writing a book like most others do. What is the scope, this shape of medicine and hospitals in America that you can't get normal treatment and they're, they're like concentration camps to this day, not just for COVID? These are serious questions that no one's even asking, much less answering. So to, at least to that extent, we have a, set of marching orders for what needs to be done at a county, state, and federal level. And for the most part, county and state is where it's at. Because I don't think we're going to save the federal government, but at least, you know, use that as a platform if they take over the House. It is shocking to me how people are like, oh my gosh, could you believe what they did to Mr. Trump? Now, I have mixed feelings because on the one hand, I'm happy 
if this is what is going to get people to think, oh, wow, and, and you could tell from conservative media, it's not just like, oh, the economy's bad, there's inflation, they're taxing us too much. Oh, welcome to the Fourth Reich. Like, this is literally the Fourth Reich. Hey, yeah, welcome to it, buddy. You should have woken up. March 2020 is that date. Now, clearly it was festering and being built for a long time, but that's when we all should have realized it. But certainly two and a half years later. I'm not going to have time to get into all the news today. But the scope of the vaccine injury is so unbelievable, I can't even articulate it in words. And they knew about it. And to this day, they're still continuing. And they're going to have more. There is nothing that measures up to the angles of this, including the raid on Trump's uh, house, as bad as that is. And yet, for some reason, everyone's walking away from this. If they could criminalize human breath, criminalize your existence without getting a shot, well, quite literally, what could they not do to you if it's a good shot? Certainly, that it's a poison bioweapon. It's unbelievable that this issue hasn't been brought to the brink, but it's our intention to do so and never let go. Now, our sponsor today is Bambi. You know, we're told that a private business could do whatever they want to a worker and violate his human rights. Well, that's news to people that have small businesses with random discrimination accusations, wrongful termination suits, minimum wage, labor regs, up the wazoo. When it comes to our businesses, yeah, they'll be all over us. And you better believe the IRS will be all over you now. Typically, it costs about $70,000 a year to hire an HR manager. I know that's money you guys in the audience, a lot of you small business owners, do not have. That's why I want you guys to go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule a free HR audit. Why? Well, it's free. And what they do for you is it's not like a call-in service. When you sign up for them, month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime, 99 bucks a month you get a dedicated HR manager. It's not just, you know, you call and you get a different guy each time. Available by phone, email, real chat, anytime. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business, help you manage every, you know, day-to-day employees, all for $99 a month. It really is a very important service. Um, Again, go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule your your, uh, um, free HR audit, that's BAM to the B, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash conservative. So, folks, this is the point. We haven't even embarked on any of these inquiries. I'm still dealing with people. Horrible, horrible hospital treatment. They make them wear masks in distress. Do things that even a first grader knows that medically is wrong. This is what's happened here. So again, our opening argument, which is about 12,500 words, it's available for free, trialsandexecution.com. You just put in your email, you'll get the PDF, because again, the book's not going to come out for a while. So this at least, it frames the issue for you. It's very hard to do that. How do you frame what has happened to humanity, what has happened to all of us? the last two and a half years, and it's not over. I still get heartbreaking emails of people in businesses that have to wear a mask all day. 
Another heartbreaking email from someone who um, got kicked out out of the military. Remember, the two biggest, uh, well, not too big. Well, I mean, the, the Army is by far the biggest branch, but the Army and Marines still have not gotten injunctions. And even the injunctions, they're still going to destroy their careers long term. It's still happening. It is still happening. And folks, you know, I'm finding this, even the schools that don't have a mandate, the colleges do, the medical schools do. We now have a study out. I'm going to get to in a, you know, later on that shows that the heart inflammation, the heart irregularities that they are seeing in kids ages 13 to 18, randomized survey of 207 boys. It was 7 out of 207. We always suspected when you do cardiac MRIs and other deep investigations, you'll find there's so much myocarditis that's subclinical that we're not um, diagnosing. It's a Thai, it's from Thailand, it's a Thai study. That's less than 1 in 30. Breaking the hearts of a generation of kids. For a shot that is negatively effective, the more you inject, the more you infect, does so many other things to you, destroys your immune system. And this is what we could see as the opening bid. 28% had some sort of markers. 28%! 18% had irregular EKGs. It is much greater than the 1 in 5,000 that you hear, which in itself would be a violation of the Nuremberg Code. We literally see now that they used us as lab rats, but worse than lab rats would mean, oh, let's just experiment without knowing it's safe. Here they knew affirmatively it caused this, and they did it anyway, and did it, and did it, and did it, and are still doing it to this very day without stopping. So we need to affirm the Nuremberg Code. December, we're approaching the 75th anniversary of the Nuremberg trial for doctors. There was a separate trial for doctors. Why was there a separate trial for doctors? Well, let me answer that question with answering the other question. What is the Fourth Reich? We're not just using it for rhetorical flourish to grab headlines or to even measure the severity of of what went on, although that is definitely one of the reasons to measure the severity. To first understand the severity because the human ability to adapt is unbelievable. And pr- precisely because most people, not all, by, by the stretch of the imagination, but most people do feel some sort of a reprieve, it feels really good. Ah, we could go out now, we could have fun. You know, and most people, you're able to go places and do things you know, without having to get a shot now, either you were able to not to go around without getting it, or you um, you know, had to get it, but it's over with, and you don't have to wear a mask. Oh, okay, this this is great. So people have forgotten it. What has happened to us? What where it came from? Where it's headed? What it means? Intellectually, philosophically, legally. In terms of a relationship with government. Again, oh my gosh, government could just raid your thing. What are, you, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh, government could shut your mouth, strap down your body, block treatment, create a virus, create more viruses. We have Jeffrey Sachs, the head of Lancet, 
telling us that he believes it was the U.S. government's technology behind the virus. And like that's that's a bigger deal than anything. Between the people who died from the virus they created, who died from the blocking of treatment, who died from the atrophy sitting in nursing homes, who died from lockdowns, whose life was um, cut short because of it, who died from the shots, who will die from the shot, who were injured from the shots, who will be injured from it. The children that committed suicide, the children whose speech, language, physical development, emotional development, mental illness for generations to come. It's millions of people. Yes, that in itself is a holocaust. And I'll stand behind that any time. And this is just the opening bid. This is the great reset. Remember, lockdowns was a way of resetting the world. We can't assume even lockdowns are over with, but let's just assume they are. It's the medical fascism. It's the blocking of the treatment. It's foisting upon us treatment. The transhumanism controlling our bodies. Your body, my choice. We could do anything we want to your humanity <clears throat> without due process, without anything. That's where this all comes from. The world wasn't changed with the rating of Trump's home. The world was changed with 14 days to flatten the curve, which was done by the Trump administration. And perhaps maybe that's why conservatives aren't activated and were never really fully Red-pilled over that. Because let's just face it, there's almost, almost nothing Biden did with COVID that didn't originate under the Trump administration. All of that. The masking. The masking of children in schools. Could you imagine that? To this day, we're desensitized. How utterly insane that is. And how we allowed that to happen. And how it's still happening in some places and there's nothing stopping them from bringing it back in the winter. And they absolutely will. That's what this book is all about. It's not like, yeah, we're kind of done with it. We no longer need to. That's these red state governors. You must never do that. It's to establish the foundation. Reaffirm a new number code. That it is never okay to suggest that a human being walking in locomotion, minding his own business, breathing, living his life, not taking any affirmative action that's out of the ordinary, that that person is a threat to another human being unless he takes an affirmative medical action against his body, device, injection, prophylactic. That is... What we have established and what we need to establish is that is morally, legally, and scientifically, by the way, a non-starter. Because by definition, see, a person could be a threat to another human being in a number of ways, right? You could, you know, be a terrorist, want to murder someone. But you can never be a threat by not taking a medical intervention. You know Why? Because by definition, if it works, you could take it. So he's the stupid one. And we knew this from day one. And to this day, it has not been affirmed. At all. And we have a plan to enshrine it in every county charter, every state constitution. And, and this will cover all the other things. You, know, you have to be a little broader than medical, but 
cover every other thing they plan to do to us. This is not over with. How could we just walk away from this? It's unbelievable. And by the way, you could be a threat to someone by taking a medical intervention. It's the absence of it for not. See, the other way around, If what we've learned now is you could take a vaccine that is self-spreading or could shed on someone and harm them. Okay? That is very clear. You could be a threat to someone else. You could, by taking an intervention, create viral immune escape and more virulent variations of a certain pathogen, whether it's a mutagenic vaccine or mutagenic therapeutic. But by the lack of doing something, that is an ironclad, I cannot think of a more base natural law, foundational, fundamental, natural right than that. That is the definition of individual liberty under God, according to Blackstone. And yet that has not been, not only has it not been affirmed, it actually is still affirmed very clearly in almost every county, state, and federal government that they could simply declare again, this is a huge problem, boom, we're going, we're doing this. And they could do this right again. And there's no way to stop this. It's amazing that this reaction we're seeing on the right to Trump's home being raided never happened with lockdowns, never happened with the shots, never happened with the school masking. And again, I, do, I, I wonder if it's because he was present. I always said if Hillary would have been present, could you imagine like the nurse ratchet memes with her saying to wear a mask? It wouldn't have gotten off the ground. The right bought into this. Never forget, part of why this is so dangerous is, more than any other leftist idea, people fear this. Okay, that's what's so scary. 100% of the left, and at various points, I'm making up a number here, but I think it's accurate, 50, 60, 70% of the right bought into it. But again, what's the Fourth Reich? Why is it so important? This channels the Third Reich and Germany in the 1930s in so many ways that people haven't even thought about. Figuratively, metaphorically, literally. So again, one of the things we lay out in the book in our Nuremberg trial and why we need a new Nuremberg trial and and a reaffirmation and strengthening of a Nuremberg code. Why do you think they had a new, a, a separate doctor's trial? Okay, it's kind of bizarre. Okay, that that that's part of the main trial. You, you you engaged in genocide. However, you did it. You shot them. You threw them in pits. You engaged in medical experiments. Why do you need a separate trial? And the answer is because they were not just trying to root out Auschwitz or what Mengele was doing, presumably strapping down people in the concentration camps and injecting them and doing all sorts of things. That was pretty obvious to society that nobody would think that that's okay. What they needed a trial for was Germany in the 1930s. What led up to it? The medical nationalism was the lead ship in the armada of the Third Reich. It was this creation of a pure race that 
national medical scientific goals, listen to my words carefully, trump and supersede individual rights and the goals of humanity as as an individual. They could say, look, this is for the betterment of humanity. It is well documented in all the academics that have written and studied this. We go through it a little bit from all corners of life that doctors and the medical profession signed on quicker and in larger numbers to the Nazi party early on in the 1930s. They thought that was a great idea. And you know what? Unlike this, where we have literally nothing from these experiments, it's utter crap. They actually, I mean, Germany was the citadel of medical and scientific advancements in that part of the 20th century. And they actually did come up with stuff. To this day, we we benefited. The American Air Force benefited from what they called the high and low altitude experimentations for pilots uh, that they did on, on uh, the people in the concentration camps. The American military benefited from it. And you know what? The defendants in the doctor's trial at Nuremberg did use the fact They're like, hey, well, America did this to some of their prisoners. They engaged in certain experimentations. And you know what? The defendants weren't wrong about that. We all kind of had a dark history. And that's what they were trying to root out. The subtlety. You could have something that's subtle. It doesn't look like I'm I'm grabbing you, you know, putting you on on a rack or something and stabbing you with something. But if you look, if you step back, it's just as severe and just as genocidal. That we're going to look at you and say, you're unhuman, you're inhuman, if you don't get this jab. That, by the way, we already know it's going to kill people. You lose your job, you can't get a kidney transplant, you don't get treatment, you get drummed out of society, there's nothing we can't do to you. If you don't wear a mask, you'll be wrestled to the ground and arrested, a rape victim can't get treatment. If you don't follow our national goals of promoting the vaccine, we're going to block ivermectin and treatment that is safe and works in order to achieve that goal. It's science. It's medicine. It's for pure health. That, That was a huge part of it, which is why they had a separate trial for it. And we go through the statements of, of the, you know, Telford, the chief prosecutor, that they wanted to root out this notion that even for even for good re- rationale. See, here, here we weren't, this is worse than that. There was no intention of actually, this was just straight up genocide and we got nothing for it. I mean, again, I don't mean to be um, crass here and, and uh, sound flippant with, with the Holocaust and, and the six million who, who got killed. But, you know, Germany actually, as they murdered people, they did produce real science and nobody denies that. Here we had no science whatsoever (laughs) amidst everything we did. I mean, I guess you could say the only thing we did do is we've actually learned what not to do. And now we know what's bad with some of the other vaccines that we always trusted, many of us. In that sense, maybe we'll have real science come out of this, but that was not their intent. But that was the point. Of, of of what they were doing. It was very subtle. Everyone thinks, when everyone says Nazi nowadays, they think it's the epitome of, 
of the most evil, bloodthirsty, genocidal thing, and nobody wants to be a Nazi, right? But no. It's always the famous question, again, what is the Third Reich? If you understand what the Third Reich is, you'll understand what the Fourth Reich is. The Third Reich was unique in the history of humanity. It was probably the single biggest genocide within that period of time. I mean, I guess Pol Pot would would rival that. But it occurred in the modern era, in the 20th century, within Western Europe, the most advanced society, It was done against a group of people that were living in the Rhineland since ancient times. They, you know, lived together, and suddenly it wasn't just the government. So everyone asks, A, how could it happen in a Western country in the 20th century? B, how could post-Enlightenment people go along with it? That's the big question. How did everyone go along with it? And we all struggled with that question. And sadly... I had it answered for the first time in my life. You know, I didn't have anyone in my family. They were American. But, you know, I grew up in the shadows of it. It's, it's crazy now that you have to be like 100 years old to be a World War II veteran or, uh, uh, vet, you know, from the European side, a uh, victim of the Holocaust, survivor of the Holocaust. But when I was a kid, so, you know, there was a regular senior, 70, 75 years old, um, and, you know, you'd always have a few in synagogue or whatever. You'd go somewhere and you'd see, you know, they were a survivor. They had the numbers on their arms. And, you know, it was always just bizarre. Like, how did that happen? And now I understand. And boy, do I understand. And now with social media to gaslight the hatred and the national aspirations of medical um, nationalism and scientism. Are you kidding me? It's not even close. It will happen if we don't stop it. But that's what it was in the 1930s. It was this goal for the greater good. They didn't say, we're going to round six six million Jews into Auschwitz and Birkenau and and, uh, uh, Dachau and whatever and, and, and put them in ovens. That's not how it started. A lot of Jews voted for Hitler in 1933. Sounded really good. Obviously, they were very depressed economically. They were reeling from from World War I. And he didn't start exclusively with the Jews. It started with this medical nationalism. They had this program. They would go after the infirm, the elderly, uh, the mentally ill. They engaged in a lot of eugenics. And, And they had good reasons for it. And the people bought into that. The doctors and scientists bought into it quicker than everyone else. People, when they think of genocide, they think of Rwanda, like the tribal warfare in Africa, or they think of, you know, a bunch of ISIS guys in mass dancing around with AK-47s chanting Allah Akbar. But no, they were people in lab coats. They're very articulate. You know, um. This is beautifully depicted. I shouldn't use the word beautifully, but it's perfectly depicted. Two things come to mind. There's a movie. I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's the best one. There might only be one. Um, When Israel 
the story of Israel uh, landing in Argentina with their Mossad operation to capture Eichmann, the the head of the Final Solution, to, they you know to capture him, and they go through how they you know the the the, the storyline how they held him in a in a motel for a while, and the guy the way he speaks. He's like, I admire you guys for the operation you did. And like, he's extremely polite. It's bizarre, but it's true. It's extremely accurate. That's exactly how he spoke. It's exactly how he was. It was exactly the culture of the SS. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think. Okay, it, they didn't look like Allah Akbar guys. They really didn't. That's what the Third Reich was. Another scene that, that, you know, I'll forever remember when Schindler's List came out, um, and and those of you who never saw it, you should really see it. I think you could probably get it on YouTube or whatever now for free, um, or most of it. When it came out in '94 as a kid, I watched it. Maybe I shouldn't have at that age, but I watched it. And th- there's a bunch of indelible scenes in my mind, and it was very well done. It really was. I mean, Spielberg was kind of goofy with a lot of other things he did, but that movie was was really, you know, one of the greatest ones ever put out. And it very accurately portrayed what was going on. So there was a scene of a bunch of stormtroopers. I think it was Kristallnacht. And they were going in and, like, you know, kicking in doors. And they were shooting into walls. Okay? To make sure that they left no, no one behind. They're shooting into walls. And... As the machine gun fire was, you know, heard in the background, you hear a piano playing a melody in the background. And one of the guys, as he's, like, shooting, you you can actually find this scene on YouTube. Um, He turns to the other guy and he says, hey, is that, is that uh, Mozart or Bach? Like, and, and then, you know, go back to shooting. And, and it was it was done on purpose because that's literally how they were. They were extremely cultured, very into science and humanity, and that's what it was. And by the way, this is what we went through. They shot into the walls. They left no man behind to make sure no man would escape the experiment, to make sure no person could get treatment. You get in the hospital, we'll kill you. All right, we'll avoid the hospital. Okay, we'll catch you with the pharmacy then. You won't be able to get your prescription filled, buddy. And you'll face our bioweapon with nothing. That's what they did, by the way. But anyway, what the Third Reich was, was it was done under the guise of humanity. That's why people bought into it. That's what they were trying to uproot in the doctor's trial of Nuremberg. And that's why they create a Nuremberg Code with terms for experimentation and informed consent. They wanted to uproot the premise of it. It wasn't so much, oh, just know that it's not okay to strap people down in a concentration camp and kill them. It was that you can't put out therapeutics without informed consent and how doctors need to operate. Every last one of those 10 Precepts of the Nuremberg Code were violated a hundred times over. That's one aspect of the Third Reich, and that ties into this. The other aspect 
how they got all of humanity to go along with it. That's how you would have, you'd run into a nice 45-year-old white woman, a Karen that in the past would have smiled at your baby and now looks at you with eyes of daggers for not wearing a mask. Literally, the way they talked, these people literally would have put you in ovens. If you, the dehumanization, <clears throat> that if you don't get a mask, if you don't get a shot, you're un- inhumane. That's what it was. It didn't start off with just the Jews. It was this medical a- aspiration. The desideratum of a nation, of a medical science complex, that you better follow it. But now, just understand, it's not about race, and it doesn't have to be about race. It's about, today, it's about a set of standards and beliefs. If you are with us, then you're fine. But if you are not, there is nothing we can do to you. That answers January 6th, BLM, the FBI raids, all of this. Political dissent. That's the rise of the Fourth Reich. But that all started with COVID. That we could say there's an emergency. We have a good reason, good goals, good intentions. And due process, human rights, evidentiary standards, everything. Constitutions, legal, political, social, medical norms go out the window. So don't look at me like I'm from Mars. Like, how could the FBI do this? You know exactly how they could do this if you went along with COVID fascism for two and a half years and you were silent. Another aspect of it is it was partially privatized. People don't realize IBM, the identification codes, the technology they had to identify all the Jews, like anyone who had a grandfather was Jewish and root them down. You know, it came from IBM. Just Google it. I mean, there's a lot of American corporations that were very much, it's, you know, very sore point, very much interacted with the regime. It was a public-private partnership. That's another way it was unique to humankind. Okay? That is the Third Reich. Now you could appreciate what the Fourth Reich is. The Fourth Reich is this times a million, and that's why it's the next level. Because it's not national. Or medical nationalism. Scientific nationalism. It's medical globalism. That, that it's all the countries are doing this. You can, so it's much more severe And again, it's not just for medical, for food, fuel, like we're talking about. All the things they're going to do comes from this point and was catalyzed with the Great Reset, was catalyzed with COVID fascism. Because that's the most severe. That was literally done to our bodies. I could say you are a criminal and you deserve to die if you don't get a shot or wear a mask. From there, boom, everything just flows. There's nothing they can't do to you. But the reason why this is worse, strategically than even the Third Reich in the long term if we don't stop it. And it will be worse. And I promise you, the death count will surpass 6 million because I already think, 
What do you mean I already think? What am I saying? Just the COVID deaths alone surpassed 6 million globally because I'm thinking of U.S. numbers. Um, if you talk about the global deaths and the American deaths from the from the lockdowns, COVID, and the shots, it's it's tens of millions at this point. Um, so it certainly surpassed it, but the reason it's going to surpass in the long term by much more is because it's global. A, you can't escape it. There's nowhere to go. What they smartly did is they imbued this in the in the governing scientific medical and corporate elite and media in every Western country. So you, you can't escape it. And also, see, you have to understand, every genocide throughout humanity that you know was accompanied by imperialism, whether it's Japan, today's the anniversary of their surrender, 1945, or Germany, their days were always numbered. What we've learned from Afghanistan, what we've learned from Vietnam, you can never rule over another nation that doesn't want to be ruled over if it's external. So at some point, someone was always going to challenge them from sheer jealousy, from sheer uh, just the imperative. You, you got to you know have a world. You got to fight back. America, Great Britain fought back and won. If it wasn't then, it would have happened at some point. You can't rule the world externally forever. In this case, if we don't if we don't start at a state and local level in America in the land of the free and the home of the brave, this will happen forever because it's internally. But it's a unified internal. Meaning it's internally in every country. That's the most remarkable thing about this. How they were able to have this prepared. And just like all the Germans went along with the Third Reich, all the everyone went along with COVID fascism. There are no exceptions. Sweden issued the mask and the lockdown, but then they did adopt the vaccine. There's nowhere to go. Certainly in every Western country. That is so much more dangerous. There is no D-Day, American military. Our grandparents and great-grandparents who fought so bravely to save us from this. And then there's the public-private partnership on steroids. How they created over the years these monopolies that they now control to box out all competition. And now they do it through the private sector. Oh, no, it's not us doing it. Look, a private business could do what they want. We could censor you. We could force you to get a shot. Hospital. Oh, if you don't like it, get a get a kidney transplant somewhere else. If you don't like it, find a job somewhere else. If you don't like it, find another medical school. If you don't like it, find another military to serve in. Okay, well, that's not private, but you get my point. You can't escape it. It's global and it's public-private. And it's even more subtle. It's even more subtle. Because while obviously Germany, it was initially subtle, eventually once people got wrapped their arms around it and realized it, now it was covered up for a while. The the soldiers that, um, they were Oklahoma boys. I'm forgetting which uh, regiment under Patton uh, liberated Dachau. When they came there and they saw the, the, the dismembered bodies in the cattle cars, they were floored. They were shocked, and in one big 
act of righteous indignation, they lined up all the Nazis there in charge of the camp and shot them, machine gunned them. And by the way, recent history, the, the leftists try to besmirch Patton and those guys for what they did. It's funny, they call everyone a Nazi, but then they defend the Nazis. It's kind of weird. Um, but people didn't know, but eventually they did. Here, we know every day we come up with new information about the extent of what these shots have done, the lockdowns have done, the mass have wrought, the development of kids. And everything they're talking about economically comes from this. But moreover, the moral, legal, social, political authority to continue doing it and do it better and more efficiently and more devastatingly came from this and from the fact that we have not deracinated this from our midst. Not by a long shot. So that's our attempt to diagnose what this is. Quite literally, the Fourth Reich. Why, what needs to be done? We need a new Nuremberg trial, both literally, metaphorically, politically, and what needs to be done so that it never happens again, both for pathogens, for other emergencies, and even if they don't call it emergency, you're a threat to us because you believe the election was stolen. You lose your rights. We could surveil you. Obviously, we call for a digital privacy bill of rights. To make it a criminal act for our government to ever surveil, monitor, record someone without probable cause they committed a crime. I don't understand. I would love to say, oh yeah, another person coming out with a book, ho-hum. And that's kind of my reaction when Steve came to me. I was like, ah, I don't have time and I don't like you know another book. But no, I mean, this is not being properly dealt with in this way. It's not. I mean, notice, by the way, notice that this raid on Trump is coming right after, by the way, there's been raids on other people that no one cared about. Speaking of COVID fascism, and again, COVID fascism is what it induced in society is this all-out indulgence that there's quite literally nothing we can't do to you to achieve a goal. That's what was achieved. So, you know, they're not even... See, they're trying to allege Trump might have committed a crime. Obviously, it's bogus. But we had Dr. Andrew Huff. He just blew the whistle on Peter Daszak and said, hey, I have the goods that he likely created COVID in concert with the CIA and the CIA and the FBI are breaking into his home. They actually tased his dog recently. He found his dog with a taser in it when he came home. Imagine that. They're surveilling him. They're breaking into his home. They're stealing from him. They're not even alleging he committed a crime. They're not, they're not confronting him. They're doing it when he's not home. Like, screw you. You're a threat to us. We're, we're going after you. Welcome to the Fourth Reich, folks. But we accepted that. We've, we accepted the violation of every social political, human right, legal norm was suspended. You will never get that back. And we always knew that. We always knew that would happen. Okay, James Otis Jr. So long as people will submit to arbitrary measures, 
so long they will find masters. We're still submitting. John Dickinson. All artful rulers who strive to extend their own power beyond its just limits endeavor to give to their attempts as much semblance of legality as possible. Though, so that's what they did, by the way. Those who succeed them may venture to go a little farther, for each new encroachment will be strengthened by a former. So in other words, you, if you don't follow John Adams and nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud... You need to go you need to go all out and and go to the other end of the extreme almost to root out this and put in protections. We have not done that. And Republicans aren't even campaigning on it and conservative farters sorry that's what I just that's the only term that, conservative flatulators aren't even calling for it. Oh, except Mr. Trump. That that that's now you stepped. I'm 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 watching this term. You stepped over a line, and I'm 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 like I don't know whether to laugh or cry. What the last two and a half years never existed? That's one freaking man. Again, I'm not saying it's justified. It's horrible. But where do you think it came from? Heck, it came from the Trump administration. Just like Ray Christopher Ray, the FBI director, who ordered this, was Trump's own appointee. I wrote articles at the time begging Trump to at least pick Giuliani or someone else. He was horrible, and that was one of his many insane picks. It's not just the G- – I, I don't know if I ever – I think I told you guys this. There was once a meeting um, – it wasn't in the White House building. It was in the Eisenhower building uh, with a lot of conservative leaders. It was the only meeting I was ever at with uh, White House officials, and they were all like you know, berating the deep state and talking about the problems they had. And I, I, it was my turn to speak, and I talked about all the, you know, Trump appointees that are screwing us. And then I like paused for a couple of minutes, and I said, "And that's the shallow state." <laughs> and it was a mic drop moment. Everyone was like silent, you know. And and that was towards the beginning of his administration. It was never rectified. But uh, but of course, he's going to run for president. It's all going to be great. Distract us from what we need to be doing. Distract us from national divorce because Trump's going to save us at a federal level and distract us from the issues and the legislation we need to be focusing on today because it's all Trump running for office. If anything, this is 4D chess of the left, by the way, to um, make sure Trump's the nominee. Because that's what they're doing. They're making sure he's the nominee. But folks, at its core, it's to make sure we don't have a pre-March 20th mindset. Like they say, a pre-9-11 mindset. 9-11 killed 3,000 people. COVID and COVID fascism, which are both equal because they were created by the same source, and they need to be held accountable for both of them, and we need to find out who they are, and they need to be swinging from a tree, and we need to make sure this never happens again, reaffirm a number code, killed tens of millions of people globally. And, and it really does appear that it's accelerating. The study from Thailand is just unbelievable. Um, 13 to 18-year-olds, 18% had abnormal EKGs. 3.5% of males developed subclinical or clinical myocarditis. And even the clinical level of myocarditis was at least 1 in 200, much more than the 1 in 5,000, they tell us. Cardiovascular effects were found in 29.2% of patients, ranging from tachycardia, palpitation, and myopericarditis. 
myopericarditis was confirmed in one patient after their vaccination. Two patients had suspected pericarditis and four patients had suspected subclinical myocarditis. Folks, and they are still pushing this on more people. The military, it's still being done. We go through the entire, a big section of the book is on the military. And tribute to those people that my heart aches for, that to this day no one will fight for. And that started under Trump. Okay? But they don't matter. Only Mr. Trump's beautiful Mar-a-Lago home, as he said, matters. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not any less militant about it. Just the opposite. Yesterday, I said what I would do about it. I would have a government shutdown over it. I would have the states like uh, you know Anthony Sabatini. He's a state rep from Florida running for Congress. Um, he said he would have the, you know, the FBI arrested in Florida. But I want you to understand that COVID fascism is much more severe where, it's, where it came from, what happened with it, where it's headed. And this is all born out of it. The Great Reset was literally as it sounds. It was a, an etch-a-sketch. Etch so everything in society, economy, law, medicine, science, legal norms, politics is all erased. And you could start anew. And they did. And they're succeeding at it. So in that respect... The rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial so it never happens again. Our book is really, in many respects, it is the ultimate reset of the Great Reset. It's the ultimate antidote to Klaus Schwab's book. Because while we don't spend much time on it, it covers what they're doing in the Netherlands and plan to do with the ESGs. ESGs like that. You're a threat. Carbon is a threat. Nitrogen is a threat. Farming is a threat. Fossil fuels are a threat. Your racism is a threat. Your homophobia is a is is a is a threat. Your your disdain of trans fats uh, genderism um, is 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 a threat. So in order to participate in society, here's what you need to do. That's not an extrapolation. If anything, that's a step down. Man, Daniel, one one day they might do that. What do you mean one day? Now, again, it's severe to go after your bank account or whatever. It's, you can't really live without it. But this is your freaking body they did it to. They created a virus that they knew would attack your body. They created a vaccine that they knew would attack your body and a vaccine that they knew would ensure that the virus continuously circulates and attacks your body and that you can't avoid it. They made sure that you couldn't get proper treatment. This stuff going on in hospitals, the need to rebuild for states to find a way to build medical freedom and rebuild the medical system to compete with the cartel. You can't get a greater pro-life issue than medical freedom. A, because it's the most important issue, but B, it's the palladium of all liberties now. Everything that was established under the COVID regime we are going to find out in the coming years all came from that. All these new things get back to that. There are so many issues that are going on that are just so severe. Okay, what they're doing to us, what they're doing to our society, economy, crime, the border, the um, surveillance state, the biomedical fascism state, everything they're doing to us 
the FBI, the CIA, foreign policy, January 6th and what that represents, which no one seemed to care until Trump. It was a very small group of people like Julie Kelly focusing on that. And Trump led his supporters out to dry, which is disgusting. And I'm sorry, I'm just not, I'm going to rally around the cause, but just because he was the victim of this raid doesn't absolve him of everything we're talking about. And it makes him running for president all the more problematic and a distraction. And I think that's really what the left wants. Again, no one else has the guts to say this because it's terrible for business on the right, but heck, I'll say it. So I can go on and on. I don't want to belabor the point. But, you know, I'm not going to spend too many days on this. Tomorrow we'll spend half the time. We're going to have Steve Dace himself on to talk about this together. But we're going to continue talking about everything practically, practically we need to do. And that's what this book is about. Again, I want you guys to go to trialsandexecution.com. Trialsandexecution.com. You get the first chapter for free so you don't have to wait until whenever the stupid supply chains could get this book out at the beginning of next year, but hopefully get it out quicker. Um, Rise of the Fourth Reich is there. There's a link to Amazon. If they wind up taking it down, it's already on Barnes and Noble. If not, we'll sell it directly from the Blaze, you know, because I'm all prepared for that. But I'll say on a personal level, I wasn't, I didn't know I'd be kicked off of Twitter when Steve asked me to write this, but you know, to write this with him. But I will tell you that it is a personal favor of, of, of for me because this is the only way to grow my reach. In order. I do need a bigger audience in order to have the influence to implement these ideas and other ideas that I'm all about. And um, this is really the only iron I have in the fire that will help grow my platform. Um, So it's so important to pick up a copy, get it to as many people as you want, to encapsulate what has occurred to us, the severity of it in a very unique way through the testimony of 20 experts, witnesses, and victims to the most severe aspects of this who need to be put up. And there's hundreds of more people like this, but these are like examples. There's many more people we could have used. There's a lot of people we tried. They didn't want to do it. They were too scared. They had great stuff to say. They were too scared, which demonstrates the Fourth Reich in itself, the time we're living in. Um, This is, you know, it's just a personal favor for me to try to help be my ambassador to get this in the homes of as many people nationally, internationally, um, to pre-order it. Because the more we do it, the more they cannot avoid it. Our call to action. It's not just like, okay, this is the data and science. It's not really so much about that. We have some of the best snippets of it to pepper it with. That's not really what it's about. Because that, you you know, I, I deal with every day. But folks, it's freedom or fracture. That's where we're headed. It's one of the two. And unfortunately, what we're being offered is not freedom or fracture. It's stay with the same federal government so we could keep playing the same political game. I don't want to do that. We have the rise of the Fourth Reich. Will you and I together rise to the occasion to have our own Hiroshima Nagasaki moment against the forces of evil. Thanks so much for supporting me throughout all this ordeal. Thanks so much for 
educating me. So many, many of you send so many good stories to me that help me actually write this and, and be involved in this. We're just getting started here, but I need your help again. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com if you have any questions. C19 Truth Bombs on Telegram. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.